Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks Holiday Edition. In this brand new series, I am going to be talking all about hacking your holidays, starting with holiday hosting. It's a topic so many of you told me that you struggle with, and though I can't say that I have like dozens of years of experience of hosting. I am never going to claim to be Martha Stewart, but I do have a ton of experience in catering and working as a private chef. So I have been to a lot of parties and I've also hosted quite a few myself. And I am all about stressing less when it comes to getting meals on the table. And that includes holiday meals and just making the people that you are a around feel more comfortable when you are hosting or when you're at a party because I myself am not like the biggest party girl. I mean, I I was in my 20s, but not in the way we're talking about now. I am pretty introverted and parties make me kind of uncomfortable. And so I kind of feel for the host at parties when they feel so, when it it feels like they're so frazzled and rushing around and trying to get everything done. And I want to help you feel less like that, less like that frazzled host who's trying to get everything done, who can't even enjoy herself at parties around the holidays and help you to be an awesome host, but stress less about it. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20-ish minutes, about the time it takes you to fold a load of laundry. So let's do this, mama. So today's first episode in the series is how to stress less about hosting. And then next week, we will talk about the food. Obviously, we're going to talk about the meal. So before we even get to the party, before you even open your doors to your guests, there are some things that you're going to want to do ahead of time. So I'm going to divide this episode into kind of two parts. So the first part is before the party. And the second part is the day 
of. So before the party even starts, it's important that you decide on a rough plan. It's so exciting that you're going to be hosting whatever it is, whether it's Thanksgiving or a cocktail party or a you know holiday dinner for your husband's work friends. I don't know, whatever it is, you're probably going to have some family and friends over to your house. And whether it's cocktails and apps or a full-blown dinner, you're hosting. So you want to decide on a rough plan before. First and foremost, you obviously need a date and time. The earlier you can figure this out, the better, because that is going to help you to figure out the rest of what I'm going to talk about when it comes to planning and executing. And then let's decide on some sort of a theme or some sort of a vibe. How casual do you want this to be? I mean, if you're wanting to create a party that's a little bit more upscale, this might not be the place for you. We're a little bit more casual around here. Like I said, not Martha Stewart. But we can elevate things a little bit just by elevating the food, elevating the decor. So what kind of vibe are you going for? What sort of theme are you going for? Is it an overall holiday theme? Is it an ugly Christmas party? Is it Thanksgiving dinner? So what is your theme and how do you want things to feel at your party? So you have a date and time, you have a theme, you have a a vibe. Now it's time to plan out your menu. This is going to be determined by the things that you already chose. Okay, what day of the week is it on? What time of the day? Is it a cocktail party that's happening at four or five o'clock? Are you going to be serving appetizers or are you going to be serving a whole meal? Is it a dessert party or maybe a hot chocolate bar? Is it a party that's going to be involving kids and it's going to be kind of a daytime sort of thing? Maybe a playgroup get together type of thing? Or is it going to be an evening soiree type situation? All of these, the time of the day and whatever theme or vibe you're going for is going to determine the menu. So determining that is going to be really important, right? We don't want to put a menu together for this party until we know the general details of the party. Once we put together a menu, which I will talk about more next week, we can then figure out what we're going to do about drinks. But in general, you are going to want to have some sort of an appetizer or a starter. Oftentimes for bigger, more fancy or, you know, family dinners, there's an appetizer or two and a starter. Um, But choose one or both some sort of appetizer or starter so that when people get there, there is something for them to eat and then usually something for them to drink as well, whatever it is that you choose. And then there's a main dish, usually with sides, unless it's a one-pot dish, which is one of those reasons why it's, you know, it's awesome to have a little bit more of a casual party. You can do something like a soup or a stew with bread, and it can still be really fancy and delicious, but a little less stressful on the host, because um, the slow cooker is your best friend when you are hosting. Or maybe it is something that's more simple, like just a whole bunch of appetizers. You're having kind of a cocktail-style party. So the food is sometimes that full-blown like appetizer or starter, or sometimes that is the entire meal, usually some sort of a main, and then usually some sort of a dessert. From there, you can decide what you want to do in terms of serving drinks. Do you want to have wine with dinner, or um, are you going to just do like water and juice, that sort of situation? Are you going to have a special cocktail for cocktail hour or a mocktail, or are you just going to let them kind of pick and choose whatever they want? Are you going to have a bar set up, or are you just going to have you know cans and bottles for them to pour themselves? What is the drink situation? 
And then once you know the date, the time, the theme, the vibe, the general food and the drinks that you're going to do, then you can start planning out your decor. So is there anything special that you want to buy? Anything special? I'm not a decor expert. I should really, really premise this. I'm I'm just kind of giving you guys the overall checklist of what do you want to have for your rough plan? You're, you probably already know all of this, but I'm just reiterating it in case you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. So what kind of decor, maybe special decor do you want to buy, seasonal decor? How do you want to set the table? If you are going to set the table at all, if it's an appetizer party, how are you going to move things around so people can move through the room and get to the appetizers, get to the drinks in an easier way? Having all of these things planned out ahead of time is going to make everything so much less stressful. And that is the whole goal, right? How to stress less about hosting. So that's the number one thing before. Decide on a rough plan. Date, time, theme, vibe, food, drinks, decor, table, Once that's all done, once that's all good, you can start moving forward with the actual plans for executing your holiday hosting. So first and foremost, I guess second after your rough plan, but it's really important when you're hosting to just consider your guests' needs. So who are you inviting and what do they want or what do they need? You don't need to cater to everyone when it comes to all of the food, all of the drinks, but You want to generally have something for everyone. If you know there's a bunch of kids, then you're going to want to have some food and some drinks that are more catered towards kids. If you have vegetarians in the group and you're planning on serving a meat main dish, what else is there for them to have to feel comfortable? If your grandparents or older family members won't eat spicy food, it might not be the time to whip out those spicy enchiladas or that tikka masala you've been wanting to try. Uh, Trying something new is a whole other thing that I'll talk about next week. But I digress. Considering your guests' needs is really helpful when it comes to, this is actually helpful when it comes to actually deciding on a rough plan, but you can tweak that plan based on your guests' needs. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sarah's a vegetarian, so I need to make sure that I have something for her. And oh, right. Grandpa has that issue and he can't do anything spicy. So, you know, we want to make sure we have something other than jalapeno poppers for him to snack on because he always gets hungry before dinner right? So just considering your guests' needs and tweaking your plan based on your guests' needs, because that's one of the most important things about being a host, right, is making sure that your guests feel comfortable. What else is important is offering a variety. So offering a variety of things to snack on, offering a variety of drinks, only having one or two choices can be kind of overwhelming, especially when it comes to something like drinks. If you're like wine or beer and you don't offer any water, then your guests might be a little awkward. Like, can I then come into the kitchen and get a glass of water? Offer water bottles or have a pitcher or, um, you know, one of those drink dispensers with water in it so they can easily grab themselves water so they don't feel awkward. Offer a variety. When it comes to appetizers, having more than one, you don't need to have a whole spread if you're also serving a whole dinner, uh, but this is also where you can have other people help out. Having a variety there for different tastes to make people feel comfortable um, is really, really helpful. Remember, you don't have to 100% please everyone. That isn't the goal. The goal is just to make people feel comfortable, and having options oftentimes makes people feel comfortable. You don't need to have a million options because that can often have the opposite effect, but having more than one or two options can can help to make people feel more comfortable. Something for everyone is the goal, and you're just going to try and hit it as, as best as you can. Even if it's just cheese and crackers and water, <laughs> it's some, there's something for everyone, right? 
The next thing that I want to talk about and I want to stress to you, and I already kind of mentioned that, is after we have, number one, decided on a rough plan, number two, considered our guests' needs, number three, made sure that we are offering a variety, number four is to remember that you don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it all. If you are having a party with more than just like another couple and that's more of a that's more of a dinner party, right? And and we'll do that in a future episode. But if you're actually hosting a larger party, usually like four or more people, uh, I mean, four or more people other than your immediate family, then there are other people who are likely going to offer to help to do something unless you want to do everything yourself, which you might want to do everything yourself. But if people are offering, take them up on it. Even if they just want to bring bottles of water or napkins, give them something, right? Remember that you don't have to do it all and delegate. Delegate those tasks that are harder for you. I love to delegate dessert because I am not a dessert person. I like to eat dessert, but I don't like to make dessert. I don't like to bake. My husband does. He makes fantastic chocolate chip cookies and great brownies. So he will do that for the dessert if we're having people over for dinner or if we're having people at our house for Thanksgiving or Easter. He will do that part. That's great. Or maybe somebody else that you know in your family. My sister, for instance. If my sister's coming, she's always happy to bring a dessert because she loves to bake. So I will have her bring a dessert and I'll cover the rest of the stuff, the stuff that is my forte. Just remember that you don't have to do it all. People are probably going to offer. And if they do, take them up on it. It's going to make everything way less stressful. And number five before is to get as much prepared as possible before. So if you can, the day before, getting the decorations up, getting the tables out, doing as much pre-prep when it comes to the food as possible, again, we'll talk about this more next week, but having as much pre-prepped as possible is going to take away so much of the stress. You'll actually be able to enjoy the party a lot more when you're not in the kitchen all day long and you don't even know when you're able to put on your party dress because you're just constantly cooking away. When you do that prep ahead of time, when you are able to make the salad ahead of time, so it just you can ask somebody else to take it out and put it on the table for you, and it's just maybe whipping up a salad dressing and putting that out, or it's, it is a slow cooker stew, and that's just ready to go in the morning, and then all you have to do is slice up the bread and serve it all up. Whatever you need to do to do things ahead of time, ask yourself when you're doing the planning, what can I do ahead of time? And if that means you have to backtrack and go, oh man, I chose five different things to serve that all take about the same amount of time. They're all going to come out at the same amount of time. That's going to feel a little rushed and a little bit crazy. What can you do ahead of time to make that easier? Or how can you shift things so that you can do some things ahead of time? Some of this is trial and error. Sometimes you're just going to have to learn your way through it. But getting prepared as much as possible before especially when it comes to food, especially when it comes to setup, is going to make a really big difference. Okay, let's move into day of. I have five tips for day of. Number one, when you are setting up, and this might be like I just mentioned the day before, that's awesome too, but I do want you to consider day of 
you might want to adjust this if you've already set up. Consider the flow when you're setting up so your guests have space to move in the order you want them to through the drinks and the food. And make sure you have plenty of seating, too, so they're not just standing around. Even if it's a cocktail party, usually having some seating, especially for people who um, aren't able to stand for long periods of time. Remember, the goal is to make your guests feel comfortable. So when you're setting up, do your guests have a place to walk in, to drop off their coats, to be able to come into whatever room it is where you're going to have the food, grab a drink, grab an appetizer, and then find their seat? Or is a little little bit jostled and a little bit all over the place and like, well, you put your coats here and then you come through this maze and then once you get to the other side, you crawl through this tunnel and then you get your appetizer and then you tuck and roll and then you get your drink. (laughs) Make it as easy as possible for everything to flow. So number one, consider the flow when you're setting up. There will be less for you to do if it's easy as they walk in to see what they can grab and just to have the natural flow sort of guide everyone moving through the room. Number two is to welcome them in. Have a designated space for coats. Have someone greeting at the door if it's not you. If you're the one in the kitchen like I usually am, usually I have my husband greet at the door. Just having someone greet them so they're not like awkwardly knocking and and trying to like kind of opening the door and like, can I come in and coming in? Have someone there to welcome them in. That'll make them feel comfortable immediately. And then when they come in, have something to offer them. So offering drinks and food at the same time is really helpful um, and a really important party trick. It makes people feel more comfortable because there's something to put in their hands. There's something that they can sip on. There's something they can snack on. And it also helps to avoid the whole room getting tipsy before dinner if things take a little bit longer than expected, especially if you're not used to hosting and timing is still something you're getting used to. So offering food and drinks at the same time, it's often helpful to have some have the person welcoming either take coats or direct them to coats um, and then offer a drink. That's always helpful too. show them where things are. I know that these things seem obvious, but it can be really easy. And I know from personal experience day of to be in that place where like you're rushing around and you're in the kitchen and the door knocks and you're like, but I can't move. And then nobody answers it. So actually going over with someone who's going to be there with you like, hey, maybe it's one of your kids. Can you be the one to open the door and to welcome Auntie Sally in or something like that? So just really delegating that. See, going back to delegating can be really helpful and just make people feel more comfortable. I mean, if you have a young child who is tall enough and strong enough to open the door, there's nothing cuter than having a kid welcome somebody in. So see if you can get your kids to do it. Tip number four is to take a break. Yeah, really take a break, relax, sit down, give yourself some time within preparing the meal to actually go in and say hi to people. Okay, grab a snack, grab a drink, chill out as the meal finishes cooking. That is part of being a hostess with the mostess is being a part of the party. So make sure you're taking a break so you can relax and you'll be more likely to host again if you actually have time to be able to interact with your guests. And speaking of all of that, tip number five is I would like to set a rule that if you are going to host a party, that you enjoy yourself. Okay, the point of entertaining is that you all enjoy time spent together. The holidays are a time for us to get together with the people that we love the most, our family, our friends, or maybe get to know some new people too. Allow time to enjoy eating the food that you prepared. You're not stacking everything so close together that you can't ever leave the kitchen and you're eating like 
over the dessert that you're trying to prepare. That's why making things ahead of time can be really helpful or delegating. Make sure that you leave some space in between finishing the meal and because everyone finishes at different rates too. finishing the meal and maybe, you know, offering another offering that bottle of wine around again or, or offering um, another splash of water so that people can kind of chat and relax for a little while before you offer dessert and after dinner drinks or coffee. Give your, give a little bit of time. Leave margins so people, including yourself, don't feel rushed and can actually enjoy the event. You don't need to leave a ton of time because then people start feeling awkward like, oh, is there not dessert? Is it time to leave? But give yourself enough time to hang out, to chill out. And then usually the cue is you getting up from the table and going, I'll go get dessert together. And then when you do that, people can, you know, maybe you can have the same person who welcomed them in, lead them over to coffee and cocktails or whatever it is that you're offering after dinner. And P.S., the dishes can wait. You do not need to get up off the table or out of your seat and go into the kitchen and start doing dishes immediately after dinner. Is it going to be easier when the guests go home if the dishes are already done? Yeah. But are you going to enjoy yourself as much? Guaranteed not. So I really want you to enjoy yourself. If you are hosting, part of being a less stressed host is leaving yourself room to enjoy the party too. And I can guarantee that your guests are also going to feel more comfortable and more welcomed if you are actually a part of the party as well. You're not leaving them to fend for themselves. Or it's like, oh, her husband was in the room the whole time, but I didn't know where she was. I mean, the food was delicious, but like I didn't see her the whole time. Be a part of the party. I'm speaking from experience here, not being a part of the party every time because I am the food person, right? So I am oftentimes in the kitchen, but leaving some space, leaving some margin and being that hostess. And you don't have to do anything fancy to be a great hostess. It's just about making people feel welcomed. So that is what I want to share with you guys today about feeling like a less stressed host how to stress less about hosting. And next week, we are going to talk about making the meal happen. Because I know it can be stressful putting a meal on the table for a bunch of people, especially when it's a holiday. You're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a memory. It's going to be a good memory. It's going to be a bad memory. I've got you. I'm going to help you to simplify and stress less about making the meal happen when you are hosting over the holidays. So I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.